joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. I am Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that we often know is happening in our lives, but not always uh, aware of how it's affecting us with regards to um, how we're handling our stress levels. And my guest for today's show is Kathleen Bart- Barton, and she's a lady who works with career women who feel overwhelmed with their responsibilities, who want to be more productive and effective in their work, and still have a life outside of work. You know, that's a real hard one for people, especially career corporate women, executives, to have that life um, work balance and with the gentleman too. It's, it, that's a real, that's a real tough one. So, um, I'm glad we have Kathleen Barton here today. And Kathleen, I would like to welcome you to the show. How are you? Well, thank you, Rochelle. I'm doing great. Great. It's good to have you here. And I like, uh, this overwhelmed, helping career women who feel overwhelmed. Um, let's talk about that. I want to just jump right in and talk about the feeling of overwhelmed. In your opinion, what would you say is the most you see with regards to, and I'm just going to just say career professionals, um, when it comes to overwhelm as far as them recognizing uh, the fact that they're overwhelmed? Oh, I see that all the time. Uh, people who are overwhelmed, and especially working women who have families, too. You know that you are overwhelmed when you have those feelings of stress and fatigue, being exhausted at the end of the day, uh, feelings of anxiety and so forth. If you don't have that feeling of peace and harmony, your life is out of balance and you're stressed out and you're on the way to burnout. And I see that a lot yeah. in corporate America. Now, um, these people, I take it, they do, rec- do they recognize it as a feeling of being overwhelmed or do they just tie it all into uh, the stress that they're feeling? Well, I think both. I think both. I hear people say, oh, you know, I feel stressed out. I'm stressed out right now, or I'm feeling overwhelmed. Those are probably the two most common phrases that I hear from from them. And um, do they come to you um, for other reasons or let me say, do they come and work with you um, for what they perceive to be other reasons and then you discover that, you know, they're overwhelmed and, you know, feeling just, you know, very stressed or do the main reason they come to you is because they're feeling overwhelmed and they want help with that? I would say that's the main reason they come to me is because they're already feeling overwhelmed and they want more balance and peace in their life. Sometimes with the coaching clients that I work with, I may be working with them around their career or being more productive on the job, and then the feelings of overwhelm come out, and we need to deal with that as well. So more often than not, it's the first rather than the latter. Mm, Okay. So with regards to... um, overwhelm, do you ever see, in these people that you work with, do you ever see it manifesting in other other ways besides the, you know, classic, um, you know, low energy, feeling tired, you know, don't feeling out of balance, so to speak, with regards to just not having enough time in the day? Do you ever see it manifest in maybe um, medical or other physical debilitating conditions? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. I absolutely see that as well. Um, in fact, uh, one woman that I was talking to who was considering hiring me as a coach, she had indicated that it was getting to the point where she was having some health issues as well. And um, that was really concerning her. 
that she had some health issues and she felt that she, if she continued down the same road, then she may even end up in the hospital. So she was in a position where she knew that she needed to get some help. Mm. So when you say health issues, what specifically do you see in people that are just overwhelmed to the max? Well, I, I'd say in terms of um, well, in terms of physical uh, ailments, it's the tight neck and shoulders, really tense, tight muscles. Um, also, sometimes uh, you know, upset stomach or headaches. Uh, those are some common symptoms that I see. I, I guess in more severe cases, um, just as a result of the stress, it uh, can lead to uh, heart disease. Right. Well. I mean, I, I know no, you're not so, a doctor. So high blood pressure. Right. You know, uh, that, that's, that's a common one that I hear, uh, especially high blood pressure. Okay. Yeah, I was just trying to guide it so that the listeners can, you know, out there listening may be able to relate it more to, you know, more to themselves with regards to how serious it is um, mm-hmm. when you're feeling overwhelmed and you're stressed to the max that, it, you know, it starts to manifest as illness and disease within your body. So, um mm-hmm. You know, that's um, that's always enlightening for people because a lot of people don't really realize that. And it may be happening mm-hmm. to them at that moment. Now, I want to kind of mm-hmm. shift into, I know you wrote a book called Passport to Priorities. What's the overall theme of Passports to Priorities? Well, it's on life balance. It's Passport to Priorities, your roadmap to balanced living. And um, it really focuses on helping working women to live their lives according to their purpose, values, and priorities. And so if how we spend our time is aligned with our values, with our priorities, then we're going to experience more peace uh, with that alignment. There's that sense of accomplishment and fulfillment as well. Oh, okay. That sounds really nice. And it's a great segue mm-hmm. into just... Um, talking about balance. Now, for the listeners out there, can you give them a clear-cut definition of what is meant by uh, the word balance when we're talking it in regard talking about it with regards to um you know the way we live. Well, um here's the definition that I like to use and that's managing our responsibilities, roles and activities in a way that results in harmony between our personal and our professional life. And balance looks different to different people. Uh, for one, they may spend more focus on their career. For another, their focus may be more on family. But the result is always the same, and that feeling of peace and harmony in their lives. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the two, personal and professional life, have to be equal or equal amounts of time spent. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um now with regards to having this peace and harmony, you know, and experiencing this balance whether it's your personal life, your family life or your career life, what is um what are the benefits to that to your overall way of living your being? Oh, well, benefits, um, certainly to you personally, and having less stress, more peace and harmony in your life, that sense of accomplishment, that you're doing what you need to do, and that sense of fulfillment as well. And it oftentimes results in better relationships, too, better relationships with your coworkers and with your family members and friends as well. Now, and, and I find, well, well, let me add to that, too. Also, um, in fact, research shows that those people who take time to renew and refresh themselves so that they take some leisure time, they are actually going to be more productive and effective than, say, a workaholic. And we think of the workaholics as being, you know, really productive, right, because they're working so hard and they're putting in the long hours and so forth. A workaholic can be very productive in the short run, but then over the long run, they are actually less productive. 
Whereas the person who takes that leisure time, that time for themselves, they're going to be more productive and effective over the long run. Mm, so yeah. it not only benefits the individual, it benefits the organization as well. I, I have heard that. Um, and I know for um, people like myself, it's always nice to take some time out so that you can recharge. And, and, and it's amazing how much more productive you are when you come back from, mm-hmm. from doing that. It, it's just, um, it's really, really funny. And I guess also with regards to having this established balance, the overall benefit would be, um, you know, of course, the more peace and harmony within your mind and your body. So you really are operating um, optimally in this state of balance um, mm-hmm. that just, you know, that's really yummy to you and everybody around you. So that's that's really neat. Now, what would you say are some of the keys to balance? Well, in my book, I share three keys to balance. Uh, one is to take care of yourself. And I think that's been a lot of what we've been talking about here. I find that women in particular don't do a good job of this because we are so focused on taking care of others that we put ourselves last on the priority list. Uh, The second is to focus on the important. And if we don't know what's most important, then everything seems important. We're pulled in lots of different directions and we might end up spinning our wheels but not really accomplishing anything. The third one that I um, um, bring up in my book is saying no. Say no to the unimportant. Here again, I think women especially have a hard time saying no because we are people pleasers, many of us. We want to be liked and we want to be helpful. So again, the three keys are take care of yourself, focus on the important, and then say no to the unimportant. Mm, I like that. Let's let's dive into um, take care of yourself. I know Mm -hmm. I often heard and still do hear that... um, Oh, well, I do take care of myself, but, you know, then you hear that same individual saying, oh, well, you know, I'm going to call the doctor tomorrow, and tomorrow never comes. Uh-huh. Um, can you give, I guess, a strategy for people that put taking care of themselves off um, that will assist them, uh, assist them to really understanding why it's a priority that they take care of themselves and and just make it a little bit easier for them to know that they're not being selfish when they do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And that is um, oftentimes what I hear women say in particular, they don't want to be selfish and so they feel guilty about taking time for themselves. Um, but the reality is, well, I was just going to say that As women, oftentimes we are so focused on taking care of others at our own expense, but the reality is is that we need to take care of ourselves in order to take care of others. So if if you take a look at the the example from the airline. Now, I love this example. I think this relates directly to it. If you think back to your last flight, at the beginning of each flight, they go through the safety spiel, and it goes something like this. Um, in the unlikely event of loss of cabin pressure, an oxygen mask will drop from the overhead compartment. And then they say to please place the mask over your nose and mouth and breathe normally. Then they go on to say, if you are traveling with an <laughs> small child, yeah. then please place the mask on yourself first and then the other. So the whole idea, again, is that we need to take care of ourselves in order to take care of others. We need to take care of ourselves in order to be the best that we can in each of our various roles as wife, as mother, as manager, friends, etc. So once we realize this, how critical it is, then I think we can take that time, really make ourselves a priority and to do it without feeling guilty because it's not only for our own benefit, it's for our family's benefit as well. Now, would you say that doing this, you know, making yourself the priority and not feeling selfish or guilty about it, would you say that it takes a little bit of what I like to call mental toughness? I think so. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, 
we see so many women that um, have the, <laughs> and this is a great segue into the next question, but we see so many women that have, that that is wearing that invisible SW on their chest for Superwoman. And, yeah. um, and they think they're art, they think they're being tough because they're able to manage, you know, their job, their kids, their husband, their, you know, whatever, all the stuff that they do. And even though they feel tired and sluggish and, you know, are experiencing all kind of challenges with their health and well-being, they think that they're doing the right thing because they're the superwomen. And if they don't do that, then they're letting someone down. So mm-hmm. great thing for why I want to move into this next question, which is great, as to why 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 does many women believe that they need to be the superwoman? Mm. So I guess it's just that's um, instilled in us. Well, so many are overachievers and they strive to do their best and tend to be perfectionists. They not only want to do it all, but they want to do it all perfectly. But um, really, that's that's a fallacy that we can do it all. And some of us, like me, grew up with this. You're hearing these messages like, you can do it all, you can be it all, you can have it all. Right. But what they don't tell us is that it's not without sacrifices. There are trade-offs. It's a give and take. So we really can't do it all and do it all well because something's bound to fall through the cracks. And so instead, I suggest that women focus instead on doing just a few things well to really focus. Um, The other thing is that uh, we need to realize that not only can we not do it all, but we can't do it all perfectly. Uh, we have such high expectations. You're kidding. Ourselves. We can't do it all perfectly? Oh, my. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, we want to be the best mom, the best wife, the best businesswoman, et cetera. So, you know, not only do it all, but do it all perfectly. But really, this kind of thinking, it really sets us up for failure. Because no one's perfect. And uh, what I advise women is to reframe. It's a matter of reframing your thinking and going for good enough. And so each woman needs to define what that means to them. What is good enough? In fact, I can give you an example of this. When I was a new mom of a toddler, mm-hmm. But let me back up and say that I really like a neat, clean, and tidy house. Mm, me and too. that all changed after I had kids. Mm-hmm. And I can remember being the new mom of a toddler. And I would passionately follow my daughter around the house, picking up toys after her. And at the end of the day, I was exhausted. I'm thinking, well, this is crazy. It's not really accomplishing anything because it would be all cluttered again, what, 10 minutes later. <laughs> and so I needed to reset my uh, standards, my expectations and my standards. Otherwise, I would just go crazy. So I learned to live with some clutter. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, if I could just contain this to the family room and then have, you know, things neat and tidy in the rest of the house, I can live with that. And the family room was where her toy box was, too, and where we spent most of the time. And so that worked for me. I was able to reframe kind of my thinking about that. So I say go for good enough, not perfect. I like that. I like good enough. Um, I have a mentor who says that, you know, all the time. And we do get caught up in this syndrome of being the perfect superwoman. And it it really will drive you crazy. And I know that in the Mm -hmm. past it has driven women crazy because we put that expectation upon ourselves and then we project that out and then other people expect that of us. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. it just creates this toxic environment. Um, But good enough women and men out there listening Mm -hmm. is absolutely fine. I mean, you don't have to perfect it the first time. Just think each time you do whatever it is you're doing to restore and bring balance into your life. Um, you will get better each time you do it. You just have to do it. 
Mm-hmm. So um, I'd like to also um, go into, you know, we discussed we discuss this, uh, you know, women being, um, you know, the need to have this super, this, this, you know, to be this perfect superwoman. But are there some really concrete ways besides, you know, um, just being okay with good enough? Are there some other things that women can do to avoid falling into this toxic syndrome? Mm. Yeah. Well, um, I think I think when it comes realizing we cannot do it all, and realizing that we cannot do it all perfectly, and um, so lowering our expectations for ourselves, I think that really is key. Okay. Um, now, the next thing that you said, the next key to, you know, balance was focus on the important. What mm-hmm. exactly do you mean by that? Well, everyone needs to clarify for themselves their values and their priorities. And so that is what they need to focus in on, their values and priorities. And I tell you what. In my workshops, I have participants do an exercise to prioritize their their uh, most important things. So first, I ask them, you know, what are the most important things to you in life? And think of things broadly. You know, so for me, it might be my faith, my family, uh, my career, friends, my health, etc. So I have them brainstorm the most important things in their life. And then I ask them to prioritize. So based upon that, pick out the top five. And when it comes to prioritizing those, that's the tough part. That's a really, really tough part because when you're talking about your health, your family, faith, etc., they're all important, right? Yeah. So I actually put it into an analogy. I ask them to imagine that they are on this raft and all their important, their top five important priorities are on this raft with them and they're rowing down the river once. And as in life, sometimes it's smooth sailing, other times you hit those rapids in that turbulent water. So you're, you're paddling down the river, you come up to a set of rapids and then you get into it and your raft hits a sharp rock and punctures it. So you have a hole in it. So you're losing air. And as you go along, you start to take on water too. So you realize that you need to lighten the load and you need to unload one of these priorities. So you need to choose which one. Which one are you willing to give up? And, um, you know, as the analogy is, uh, throw it overboard. <laughs> And so then I continue on in the same analogy as they're mm-hmm. going down the river of life uh, and talking about how they're losing more air, they're taking on more water, and now you're, they're really worried and they're not even going to make it to their destination or they might even be fearful for their life for that matter. And they need to choose another priority to unload and then another. So that helps them to identify which is five, four, three, two, and then ultimately number one. Because our most important priority may be so important that maybe even we're willing to die for that, too. Mm -hmm. So that's why I put it into this life and death situation, because they're all so important. And once someone is clear about their values and their priorities, it sets a really strong foundation for them and for making decisions. Because... Oftentimes, we're going to come up with, against situations where there's a conflict of time, and we need to decide what do we do, how do we spend our time. And if you're really clear about your values and priorities, then it's easier for you to make those decisions. And mm-hmm. that's where you choose the important and focus on the important. I like that. That's that's very well you know, nicely put. Um, mm-hmm. I like the analogy of the boat. I mean, and then when you put it in the context of, um, you know, it's something you're willing to die for, then it really is something that is, you know, very, very important. Um, it makes it a lot 
easier. Well, maybe not easier, but it makes the process of going through that for people easier to follow um, because you've given them some guidance, you know, and, and they're able to weed out what they perceive to be important and what really truly is important in, in their mm-hmm. life. <clears throat> I, I really love that. And we're going to come back in just a minute, but now is the time to acknowledge one of our sponsors for this show. And I promise you guys we will come back and talk with Kathleen because she has a lot more to share about this subject, which is really, really important and very so much needed by so many people here uh, living in our world today. So just stay tuned, hold tight, and we will be back with Kathleen. But let me tell you about this very important sponsor that we have sponsoring um, this show. The company is called 21 Drops. And what 21 Drops is, it's an essential oil company where they like to say they're an, they are a modern essential oil company. And they know that essential oils are the root of it all, benefiting the mind, body, and spirit. They like to extract highly concentrated molecules from various parts of the plant, such as the leaves, the fruit, the wood, the seeds, and the flowers in the most organic, therapeutic, and purest processes that are available. Interesting enough, though, they know, and meaning 21 Drops knows that essential oils represent a critical part of both the plant's immune system and its survival mechanisms. Now, why that's important to us is because man and plants have uh, evolved alongside each other for many years, and we kind of have the same chemistry. So once a human either inhales or absorbs the oil into their bloodstream, they interact, the oil interacts with the body, creating balance and wellness. And that is a principle that the science of aromatherapy is based upon. Now at 21 Drops, they source all of their essential oils from organically grown herbs or plants collected sustainably from all over the globe. This results in them getting the oils in their purest, most effective forms. The select oils are carefully fused to create the most effective, customized solutions to answer each and every one of 21 blends solutions, which includes solutions from headache to heartache. Now, 21 Drops captures the incredible power of these pure essential oils for our therapeutic purposes, as well as to empower their friends, and their customers to feel better and be better. So when you're thinking or looking for an an essential oil or a blend of an essential oil that you want to get that's 100% organic and wild-crafted and sourced from distillers all around the globe, then you want to go to 21drops.com. That is the number 21 the word drops with an S like Sam dot com and at 21drops.com you will open the gateway to your fabulous experience with essential oils. All right. Now let's get back to Kathleen and let's continue on our quest to learning about how we can squash the overwhelm in our life and restore some balance. Um, we were on the subject of you know, prioritizing and focusing on the important things and how to systematically go through that to really decipher what is truly important to us. Now, with regards to um, importance, you know, people have these variety of relationships that, you know, they have their, you know, relationship with their spouse and they have the relationship with their boss and they have a relationship with their coworkers and, you know, they have a relationship with friends, family, family, acquaintances. How would you say when regards to protecting your time, so to speak, in helping to maintain a sense of balance in your life, how would you say it's best to prioritize those types of relationships? Well, I'd say um, it really requires some planning and actually scheduling time for the important relationships. So, for example, I set weekly goals in all areas of my life, not only for my business, but also for my role as a wife, as a mother, or friends, and so forth. And this helps ensure that I focus on these important relationships. 
so I might set a goal to have some one-on-one time with my husband or a date night with him. I might set a goal to call a friend that I haven't talked to in a while and catch up with them. And another goal would be to spend some family time together. And in fact, uh, when our kids were growing up, Sunday evenings was always family time for us. At uh, Sunday evenings, we would get together for a family meeting, and this was an opportunity for anyone to bring up any issues that they'd like to discuss and have resolved. Then we would go over the family calendar, see who's doing what, and that allowed me to schedule carpools as well. And then afterward, we do some fun family activity afterward. So we might go out to the movies or go out to dinner, out for ice cream, maybe stay in and play games. Each week, then we rotated who got to choose that fun family activity. And I can tell you, my son always looks forward to it, going to Chuck E. T. <laughs> so to answer your your question about um, making these relationships a priority, it really boils down to planning for it, scheduling the time, actually putting it on the calendar. So that way you know you'll have that time with your spouse or um, to catch up with a friend, whatever the case may be. Now, do you recommend, um, because I I know you said that you recommend setting goals, but um, Mm -hmm. I take it you do recommend this. You know, it's a good thing that you think works well for you and you recommend it to people. But what about those people that say, well, this is just another thing for me that I have to do and it really adds to my overwhelm. What would you say to them about, you know, setting these types of goals? Well, if it's something that they say, oh, this is something else I have to do, if that's their attitude, then maybe it's not an important goal for them. Maybe they don't see it as valuable or a priority. That would be my response. So really to take a look at, is is this truly important? Um, and say, let's say it's someone a friend, you know, that they want to spend time with. Is, mm-hmm. is this a valuable relationship that I want to spend time with, want to nurture and do? So, like I say, that may be an indication that it's not a high priority if they're thinking it's just something else I have to do. Okay. Okay, great. Um, very well, very well said. Now, um <laughs> How can a person, let me see, this is a good one. How can a person learn the art of saying no to the, well, let me back up. I'm going to back up. How can a person decide what is the best thing for them to say no? You know you have people out there that say yes to everything and then wonder why they're feeling overwhelmed, overworked, overloaded, and overstressed, right? Mm -hmm. For those Mm -hmm. people, what what can they do to learn the art of saying no and incorporating that into you know into their life? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you mentioned those people who like automatically say yes and they take on this and that and so forth. And my advice to those people: if you're someone who just wants to be helpful and wants to do it all, and your just automatic response to someone is to say yes then I would suggest that you uh, not respond right away. When someone makes a request, say, oh, no, let me think about that and let me get back to you. That gives you some time to assess. Well, how important is this? How does this fit in, align with my values and priorities? Is this something I really want to do? Or if it's a work-related situation uh, or maybe a community or professional association, then you can think about, take a look and assess, okay, what does my workload look like? What other commitments do I have right now? Can I add another commitment? Can I take this on? Say if it's a professional association or church or community organization. So that gives you time to think about it, assess it, and then give a response. Now, let me give you a couple other strategies. 
So that's that's one. It's just okay. not to respond right away. Yeah, you know, yeah. Time to think about it. And here's a couple other. Hold on, Kathleen. One just for a sec, Kathleen. I just want to say, listeners out there, you may want to pull out a pen and piece of paper or something to write with to write this down, especially if you're someone that is a yes person all the time and you want to learn gently how to say no or learn the art of saying no. This is going to be beneficial to all of us. So take out a piece of paper, something to write with, sit back and take notes. Okay, Kathleen, go ahead. Okay, thank you. All right, so uh, one is what I call the sandwich approach, and that's where you start with a positive, you decline, and then you end on a positive note. So let's say that you're asked to participate on the task force, whether it's for work or a community organization or a professional association. And you might say, well, that sounds very interesting, and I'd like to help. However, my plate is full right now. But keep me in mind when another opportunity comes up. So even though you're declining, it comes across, you know, in a more positive way. The second uh, method is what I call the negotiated no. And that's where you negotiate with the other person with regard to the scope or the deadline of the project. So, for example, you might say, well, I could take on that project as long as I have some help with it. Or you could say, I'm working on a high-priority project this week. Can this wait until next week? So those are ways, again, that you can, you're not actually coming right out and saying no, but you are negotiating so that this is something that you can handle and it's not going to put you into overload. Great. I like that. I um it makes it a little bit simpler for those that have difficulties, you know, saying no, um, mm-hmm. to have a nice strategy or a nice couple of strategies to work with. So thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. Now, I want to kind of transition in um, with regards to, um, you know, establishing or taking that first step forward to establishing that balance between you know, work and family, so to speak, or work and personal life. Um, you know, we live in a society where everything operates 24-7. And I often mm-hmm. speak about this when, I, when I'm around the country speaking. I often speak about there's no way for us to get away from it. And I want to say even back as far as I'm going to go back to 1990, there were no cell phones, really. Um, there was, you know, there was no 24-7 computer. There was no Internet. There was, you know, none of this stuff that we have today. So when you actually left work, not unless you brought it home with you, you know, physically carried the paperwork in your briefcase with you, you really were mm-hmm. able to check out a little bit more easier. Nowadays, I can be vacationing in St. Martin, and if someone wants to get me, they can get me. You know what I mean? Granted, I'm, I'm self-employed, but if someone wanted to get me and, and my employer wanted to get me, you know, it doesn't matter. They just text you or email you or call you, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How can we take that step forward to uh, not working around the clock and not allowing that to happen in our lives? Mm, that's a really good question. And I know that a lot of people struggle with this, uh, women and men, too, uh, especially in the technology industry, too. I know so many people who, they're always connected, and they could work literally 24-7 if they wanted to. So that's why we need to set some boundaries. We need to set some boundaries with ourselves and with others as well. So one of the things that I advise is to set a goal to turn off all your electronic devices at a certain time each evening. And that's going to be a different time, you know, based upon the individual. So that way you have some time for for family time or just some downtime to yourself. We all need that. Uh, another is for those people who accept business calls after hours, well, you may need to reset expectations with your coworkers and your clients. As uh, one of my clients, uh, Lilia, did. Lilia was uh, or is an insurance agent, 
And when she first started her business, she was, you know, really driven, gung-ho, wanted to prove herself. And so she made herself available to clients, you know, pretty much day or night. Uh, She was bent over backwards for them. But in short order, she realized that she didn't even have a life outside of work. And what, and, uh, wow. becoming burnt out and needed to change that. So she was able to reset expectations with her clients to let them know that she was not available after hours unless it was an emergency situation. And you know what? Her clients could accept that. They could wait until 8 o'clock the next morning to call her and discuss the issue. And that way she had some downtime in the evening. So it's really about setting boundaries with ourselves and with others as well. Now, you mentioned vacation. Yeah. (laughs) I believe in a work-free vacation. So if you're checking email and calling into the office, that is not a real vacation. I agree. We all need that time away to not even think about work. I mean, it takes us just a couple days just to kind of wind down and to forget about the office but not so if we're connected. So a strategy there is to prepare for vacation, to have someone else who um, might be in charge or who could take on, be a backup for you with regard to certain responsibilities while you're away on vacation, and to let everyone know, co-workers, clients, etc., who to contact in your absence. And then, um, you know, don't connect with the office. Don't, you know, avoid the temptation to call in or to check your work email. Just leave it be so that you can totally enjoy that vacation. Oh, wonderful. You know, I used to uh, tell my husband that um, a while back, um, we have a a business and um, I was very adamant about not having customers call you on the weekend, you know, after business hours, and the importance of why it was so important to set boundaries. Because if you let them have access to you like that and you don't set the boundaries in the beginning, then they, unfortunately, I hate to say it, will abuse it. You know, and so, Mm -hmm. um, but they don't think they are, but it's, it's exactly what what they're doing. So, um, you know, we would have this battle because, of course, he's a gentleman and, you know, they don't always listen to their spouses, right? And so over <laughs> over time, no. he, yeah, yeah, you know, hmm, I wonder why. But, you know, we are the super women. No. <laughs> but over time, he began to, you know, he got it, you know, but it took a while. But, you know, because he thought that he was doing a disservice to his customers. And I said, and you are, you know, by by not adhering to, you know, traditional business hours. And I said, but you are doing them a disservice because, you know, you're actually adding fuel to the fire because then they're working too, you know. So if you're not working, they can't get you. I mean, they may go do something else or try and get somebody else, but yet and still they're not even able to get you. And that might shift for them that maybe they need to chill out. You know, it's not working hours. It's And, and so he got it. And, and so now um, it works fabulous for him because it was call, always, you know, he was, it was like being a physician on call in the ER. You're always on call. Mm-hmm. So you always got to be ready. So you're never able to relax because you always have to be ready, you know. And it's just mm-hmm. like, no, you That's don't need to good. live your life like that. That's going to create even more stress for you, right? So thank you for addressing that because that's a big one nowadays, a big, big, big one. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the single most important message you want to get across about living a balanced life to those people that are listening today? I would say to focus your life on your spiritual source. And what I say, when I say that, I mean it's where you derive your sense of purpose and meaning in life. Now, for me, that's the Lord God. For others, it may be Allah, Buddha, the universe. I find that when I focus my life on the Lord and follow His guidance and direction, then my life flows much more smoothly and balance becomes easier. Then when I'm faced with the important decisions, I ask what God would have me do. 
Now, I like to use the analogy of a pinwheel. So think of a, the pinwheel. When you spin it, the pin holds that wheel together. Think of your source as the pin in that wheel. And when we get busy, our source holds our life together. Because if there were no pin, then we'd be scattered everywhere, flying in lots of different directions. Our life would be chaos. But with our source at the center, it gives us focus, and that results in better balance as well. Oh, that's nice. I I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really, really nice. And I hope you guys out there... Um, was able were able to write that down as well because that you could even use that as a model to start your day um, to help you be okay with you know having balance in your life and putting yourself first and you know focusing on the important things and and really saying no to stuff that really is important that you once perceived to be important you know all of this is going to help you to um, have more balance in your life and and feel less stress and you know let me ask you one I want to ask you another question with regards to the feeling of less stress and creating the sense of balance um, does having a routine help with with this? You know what I'm saying? Like having a daily good. routine. You know how some people just, mm-hmm. they're very, they're, it, it, everything is just very chaotic. They, you know, it, you know, mm-hmm. um, does having a daily routine or morning routine or evening or some type of routine in the day help to relieve the sense of being overwhelmed? I think it does. Uh, for example, one of the things I do on a daily basis is spend about 20 minutes of quiet time first thing in the morning. Um, so I just get, you know, get up, get my cup of coffee, and then sit quietly on a nice day. I'll actually sit outside on the deck in the summertime. But spend about 20 minutes of quiet time to pray and reflect and to think about what I'm grateful for. And I find that really helps set me on the right foot each day by having that morning routine every morning. The other thing that really can help people is exercising. If they can incorporate exercise into their daily routine. So maybe it's after work on the way home from work, stopping by the gym or maybe going for a walk. Easier if they do that before they get home and when they want to sit down, relax, have a glass of wine and lose that motivation. But uh, exercise is a great stress reliever. And that's something that is important to me in my life. I exercise uh, pretty much every day. So I think both, both those are two examples of mm-hmm. how having that regular routine can really help you in relieving the stress. Mm. And exercising is, you know, another just, it, it's so beneficial in so many 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 ways so um thank you for sharing that and because i think a routine or establishing a routine whatever it may be um will help so many people at least if it just relieves a little bit of that overwhelm that occurs in in their life it's going to be um something that's beneficial so thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that now where can someone order or get a copy of your book passport to priorities well, it is available on Amazon.com, and it's also available on my website, which is YourLifeBalanceCoach.com. So that's www.YourLifeBalanceCoach. And in fact, if um, for this month, or the month of July, I have a special, and you can get it 25% off if you go to my website. Oh, Wow. I'll repeat that one again. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. The website is www.yourlifebalancecoach.com. And just click on the products page. 
Thank you. Now, if someone really wanted to get in touch with you personally, potentially, you know, want to work with you, I take it you can do your work from anywhere, right? So the person doesn't mm-hmm. need to be where you are in your city. Um, but how would they get in contact with you to be able to reach out and, and touch you, so to speak? Oh, that would be by emailing me at Kathleen, and that's spelled with a K, K-T-H-L-E-E-N, at yourlifebalancecoach.com. So again, that's Kathleen at yourlifebalancecoach.com. Well, you guys, there you have it. You have Miss Kathleen Barton um, giving us the the scoop on um, overwhelm and how we can avoid that or at least get ourselves back on the less overwhelmed track and have more balance in our life and balance our work and our personal lives. Uh, she's given us lots of tips, the keys to balance, um, as well as, you know, you can pick up her book, Passport to Priorities. If you want to reach out and touch her, you can go to yourlifebalancecoach.com for her website. And um, also you can email her at Kathleen with a K at yourlifebalancecoach.com. This information will be on the website. So if you're inclined or compelled or just want to talk to Kathleen a little bit more personally, I'm sure she would be happy if you contacted her to do that. And with regards to you, Kathleen, I just want to say thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Um, It was Mm -hmm. really nice to have you talk about um, the importance of balance. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you, Rochelle. I've enjoyed being on the show. And to all you listeners out there, I want to thank you for listening to Blissful Living. I enjoyed sharing Kathleen Barton with you today, and I enjoyed learning as much as you did about the topic of being balanced and having less, or rather feeling less overwhelmed in our lives and feeling more balanced so that we can have that peace and harmony flowing throughout our lives. Um, if you would like to learn more about Kathleen, her website information will be on the site again, as I said earlier. And of course, I would love for you to tune in to next week's show. Um, it's going to be another one that's going to bring you some util- tools that you can utilize in t- your everyday life to begin your life of living blissfully. So with that, I'd like to say I am Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, and I'm wishing you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. Until next week, have a fabulous week. Namaste. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.